Cool. Yeah. So my name is Eric Gilbert. I'm one of the co-founders and the festival director for Treefort Music Fest. And, you know, I grew up in West Boise here, but um, went to school up in Moscow. And then after that, my wife and I formed a band and um, with a good friend we met up there. And we just started living in a van, traveling the country that way for about, you know, a couple of years. We were kind of we uh, paid rent in Haley, Idaho. We, uh, um, and it was just a place for us to come home to in between our drummer had a, access to a small home there that we were able to squat in essentially in between tours. And um, yeah, so that was kind of, you know, we, I ended up getting a music history and music theory degree and, you know, I pivoted out of the engineering track up in uh, University of Idaho early on, just kind of decided to chase some passions outside of that. And um, so for this band and we were touring, we were signed to a label in Portland and just kind of exploring the country at a real ground level standpoint and at one point we decided to relocate back to Boise um my dad was going through some health issues and also uh, Haley was great but also didn't it lacked we just wanted a bigger like community to be a part of when when we were at home and so landed here and just started getting involved with the, the Boise music scene and trying to resist the urge to move to Portland especially that's where our label was based so that was kind of like the gravitational pull at that time for a lot of people in the music community it was either Portland or Seattle or LA or uh, New York or anything. And so really started exploring, you know, ways we can just, t- we started getting involved in the scene and helping build the scene. And then through some of those actions, um, you know, I, we, there for a few years, we, we were on the road and my band was called Finn Riggins. And we were, um, there was a couple years there, we were on the road, like 200 plus days out of the year. And, you know, through that, you know, we were doing very DIY style touring. So we were like working with other bands and other, uh, other towns and sleeping on their floors or couches. And, you know, basically, so then when we decided to start touring a little bit less in 2011, there was our, our basically our like karma meter was a little out of whack. And we, we started returning a lot of favors by we'd made all these friends in all these different places and that wanted to come check out Boise and check out Idaho. Cause we told them how cool it was, even though most people had no, no, at that time didn't know much about this area. Not that not taking any credit or fault for the fact that Boise is on the map now, but, um, <laughs> um, Yes. And so <laughs> it was you. So just, yeah, no, 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 definitely not. But um, that was, that was, you know, 10 years ago was a lot different. I feel like as far as like awareness of Boise and um, with both the good sides and the downsides to, to that. And so um, we, so we just started just trying to help out a bunch of friends. We made this, you know, stop in Boise and they'd sleep at our house, you know, and we'd take care of them, you know, we were sort of returning the favor and, you know, I got more active in helping set up shows and helping bands. And then Radio Boise went on air, which I, th- I feel like was a really big pivot for the scene. There was the first time that, like, in a long time since the mid-80s that there was independent radio here. So, like, not only local bands could get more airplay, but also just underground bands in general. And so that was a big thing that happened in 2011. And then I met uh, Lori Shandro and Drew Rona, who were kind of in a parallel universe as more like music fans looking to sort of, um, at that time, build a venue or just get involved in the music scene. Somehow they were seeing their own gaps. You know, they, they wanted to see more touring acts that they liked to stop in Boise and through some mutual friends and stuff, they got connected to me. And, and, you know, first it was like, Hey, you want to, you know, they didn't have any experience in the music scene. So they were looking for somebody that knew more to help them put on a couple of shows. And, you know, my band at that point had played a lot of festivals, kind of like what Treeford has become, which is a multi-venue sort of show, showcase style urban festival there was one in Portland called Music Fest Northwest that we played four years in a row that I think actually kind of ended in 2011, 2012. And then 
There's one in Denver called the Underground Music Showcase, CMJ, which was kind of college radio focused in New York City. We played in 2008, actually. Uh, we played South by Southwest in 2010. Um, and we're, other than Rosalie Sorrell's the only Idaho band there. So we were sort of like, hey, we just got to get some more action going. So anyways, we really, as a band, we really liked that style of festival because it was the one opportunity where a lot of our touring friends were all in the same spot. And it was also just a cool, like, and it was a lot of smaller bands and it was a lot of fun as an artist and also was a cool way to see a city, you know? And so, so it had been kind of percolating that it'd be cool for something like that to happen in Boise and just recognize that like the Boise market, a could use more exposure to the local bands were here, but also more exposure to just unknown bands, you know, bands people hadn't heard of, but were great, you know? And so, you know, trying to figure out ways to do that. So when we, when I met Drew and Lori, you know, it was like, yeah, you want to help us a couple of shows. And I was like, yeah, I'm always down. That sounds cool. And then, sort of countered with like, Hey, you know, this kind of this idea of this multi-venue multi-day festival in town. What if we tried to do that with what you guys are interested in doing? And, you know, I pitched it real small, like, you know, three days, something like 60 some bands. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and they, yeah, I know, right. Yeah. They, they, they got back and we're like, yeah, let's give it a shot. Like, you know, show us what we need to do and let's start working on it together. And so that, that was, Basically, October of 2011 is when we started putting the effort in. And we already, you know, we're on the name and everything. We are, we had already kind of mutually been um, through a few different angles working with James Lloyd, the illustrator. And so we kind of knew the art design that we were going for. And um, pretty soon after, after the initial impetus, Megan Stahl, who's one of the co-founders too, was she was just at a lot of shows and I had met her and she was currently out of a job. So sort of like, hey, we're trying to start this thing. And she had a lot of marketing and uh, experience. She used to work for the Idaho Business Review at the time and stuff. So so she was the other one that kind of came in and kind of filled out our initial core team and um, just started working on building. So the name kind of came from, I mean, all honestly, I grew up with a tree fort in my backyard. And um, as we were brainstorming kind of like playful uh, names and also fit in our style, but also I think it really embodied this sort of spirit, you know, trying to build the world that we want to live in as adults, you know, that is in reality pretty similar to the world we grew up in as kids, you know, that's fun and exciting. And so it's sort of once I sort of presented that just because I, I went and visited my mom and dad and I saw the board, I was like, hey, what about a tree for it? And it was, it stuck right away. It was just like one of those naming moments where like, oh, that's totally it, you know, and so. I, I take credit for introducing it, but that's about it. You know, it just sort of manifested itself. But um, yeah, and so it was, like I said, it was supposed to be three days and 60 bands. By the time, you know, in six months time, we scrambled to put together what we were working on and I had enough experience with it. And we brought in a few other people locally, mostly that had some general experience, but mostly just excitement and passion around it. And that's kind of what the whole thing's been built on. And there's enough community excitement when we sort of just announced the concept and announced some of the initial bands that it... And then there was a lot of excitement because we purposely timed it the week after South by Southwest because I was familiar enough with the touring traffic around there that I knew there was a lot of bands that would need a place out West. You know, there's just, there's only so many places people can play out West. And so there's a high, there's a high volume of supply and bands that time of year. So um, really it was a great way to help out the touring circuit too. Like, Hey, we'll give you a, a cool stop in Boise and help introduce Boise or to your music. And so by that first year it already grew to like i think we're at 140 bands in four days it expanded already and in that first six months of just trying to put it together and then obviously today or the last time it happened 2019 it was five days 
500 bands, you know, 10, nine or 10 official other forts of different, you know, for those that aren't familiar, there's all these other, so really like Treefort was built from this perspective of, um, sort of by artists for artists. So really like, you know, me representing that most directly when the music side of like, what would artists want to see out of a festival? What's the most productive thing for them to reach the audiences they want to reach, but also the experience that they want to have. So then over time, you know, we had different people in different veins of the community here reach out like from the literary community, like, Hey, what if we applied the same concept, but with story for it, called it story for it. Or, and then the, and then yoga for it happened. And then, Hackfort in collaboration with the local tech scene, Skatefort for the skateboarding com- community, Kidfort, Foodfort, Alefort. Actually, a- Alefort was the first fort because it happened the first year with us, and it also it, it was the natural pairing, right? <laughs> you know, so that's kind of the impetus. And then you know, really, like I think one of the strengths of it all along has been that we, I mean, t- to be frank, we didn't know what we were doing in the sense that we didn't know. I mean, we just were like, we wanted to create this thing. We wanted to like help build the music scene. And there wasn't like a prescriptive end goal other than that. And so we've been really open-minded to collaborators and, you know, very uh, um, embodied that sort of spirit of collaboration and how we worked with the community at large and other creative outlets and really have through it, through that, I guess, open-mindedness, but also like um, having a real strong core team that was, help lead and guide through that, that we've, you know, kind of created this dynamic force of uh, inter in, in intersectionalism in a lot of ways of just like all these different um, veins in the community coming together to build this thing, you know, in the way that it exists now and it's constantly evolving. So. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool how this thing has really taken off. I remember the first time going to tree Fort and just like completely blown away but I, I do want to say from a, a tree fort goer perspective, like it was so amazing to feel the culture and the, and the community of, of, of Boise just kind of come alive and to see a, a performance in the Cathedral of the Rockies or, you know, just places you never would have thought of. And I was just like, that is so brilliant. And I think that's the one thing I've absolutely loved with this. And like, you, you know, just touching up on, on the land itself, giving back to the Shoshone Indians. And, and I mean, that to me was more like, that's where it really became spiritual uh, and really just how you guys always come back to the, the three R's and really just giving it back to the, to the, to the kids. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you talked in the get go about being kid like, and that's just what I really felt like um, just totally alive, totally free. And then just hearing epic music wherever you went, it did not matter where you played or where you were at. Uh, it was just an amazing vibe and feeling and in and, and Boise and, and I thank you for that graciously. So, you know, and, and I and I also love how, you know, you're giving back to the the LBTQ, you know, your community and, and, and drag fort and then obviously making up a comedy fort and you know that's those are just some of the things I was really looking forward to this year. And um, you know, obviously got kind of bumped out, but you know, September twenty second you guys are on for for the show, right. correct? Right. Right. So, yeah. And when that happens this fall, it's going to be two and a half years since the last tree part, which has been a really kind of wild ride and weird and crazy to think about. You know, that's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of time in us adults years, but I always think it in the context of like someone in high school, you know, we were, you know, that's a big difference. Your freshman year to your junior year or worse, your ju- I mean, or better, your junior year to when you're now no longer live in Boise because you went off to college. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So well, it's a lot of time. 
and that was the thing I was going to ask you, like what, what changes, what, what, um, you know, obviously the pandemic affected everybody. Um, has, has changes made anything good? Has made anything bad? I mean, what have you guys taken away? And I know, like you said, with that creativeness that you guys have, I was like, there's just, these guys are going to make something and just going to knock it out of the park regardless of whatever they're going to do. And, and I know safety is a big, big factor. And so those are kind of the, kind of the follow-up questions. Um, are you going to have other states that are still in the red? Or, I mean, I don't know, just what, what's your guys' overall protocol yeah. going into this? I'll say one of the biggest challenges with the pandemic, I think for folks like us is like, we're sort of used to like having a perspective of anything is possible and we, we can build it if we put enough our and we will just hustle it out. Right. The pandemic was, has been real confronting in the fact that there's a lot we can't control. And that's usually true, but this has been um, profoundly true this last year, you know, it's like, so we've really been taking the perspective of um, waiting it out for the most part. Like, like, you know, the real tree fort experience, you know, the one of the things that makes it magical is all the human connection that happens. And that's, you know, like being close with pe people, breaking bread, high-fiving, hugging, you know, it's like, so with that said, like, I think um, one of the, the silver linings, I mean, it's been a really challenging year, obviously, especially since it, we had to cancel so or postpone so closely to when it was going to happen. We had a lot of sunk expenses, you know, and so you know, financially it's been a very challenging year. And um, I want to just say it's been um, thankful for being, a, you know, a real community driven and community supported festival because there's a lot of folks who come out of the woodwork to help make sure we make it to the other side. And I'm thankful for that. Um, but and so we've taken the opportunity, you know, after, you know, we've um, this coming festival, when it does happen, will be our ninth one. So we, we were eight festivals in and, and, you know, like any, like, I guess, small business, a lot of the first eight years was just like sheer willpower and momentum. But at some point I think we'd had, you know, it was also, there was a little bit of like, and we were, and I don't want to over, there's not too hyper, much hyperbole to this, but you know, we were growing pretty fast and there was a lot of positive energy which was good, but that's also, it can be hard to keep the wheels on too. You know, it's like, it's like the classic like train on the train tracks going a little too fast. And so we were managing it, but I think, what this the great pause has done for us is given us the opportunity to sort of rebuild the the systems behind the scenes a little bit in a way that'll build better resilience and sustainability to the whole entity because you know like i said when we started it we didn't have a long-term vision for it but once it got going we're like oh wow this is this is important this is amazing how can we make sure this thing survives in well into the future even beyond some of us right so you know we were just starting to grapple with some of that stuff and struggling a little bit because we were so busy with keeping it going, but the great pause has allowed us to sort of reset a little bit. So with that in mind, now we're looking at, you know, especially things are starting to look a little positive. Our perspective on this coming September is there's still a lot of unknowns, but um, our, our perspective is it, it, we intend to do something that, you know, we feel like we've earned the right to, to try to do a festival that represents us, but also is safe for everyone, you know, it's a year and a half since the festival would have, would have happened last March. Um, and we're trying not to get too far ahead of ourselves. Most of the bands are still signed, signed up. Most of, a lot of the talent is still there, but we don't want to restructure until we have a, a little bit better sense of what it can look and feel like. We, we, we generally assume there's going to be some limitations on capacity and we're going to have to like manage that accordingly. But, um, 
it's a little hard to hit that moving target even six months out now. And I, sort of, I think we've all sort of learned not to predict the future around COVID too much, right? So, yes. so, so our general operating mindset right now is optimism. We're rebuilding the team. We're excited about new, new, new systems, prepared to have a scaled down festival, if that's what it means. Plus, I think there's just going to be a lot of things happening this year. And I, and I hope that's the case. There's going to, you know, we're usually in March where we're filling a gap in, there's not usually a lot of things happening. I think there's going to be a lot of things this fall. If things are going well, which is awesome. We're all going to, we're all hung, hungry for the event. So we're going to be a little less like filling a gap and more part of a, a, like a litany of fun things to do for us all here in the Boise this fall. And so I think, it, I think our festival who, which typically has a lot of people from out of state, like 30% of our past holders come from, outside of Idaho and, you know, talent from all over the world, like international talent. And um, so I most likely most international talents probably not going to be able to make it this year, just based on international travel being pretty challenging. And then, you know, there'll probably be a little less national talent and might be a little more local and regional, but we also think the pent up demand for local talent is exciting and exciting for local talent. And so, I think the pent up demand right now is just for us all to be able to get out of our homes, right. And go and see each other. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of our mindset. Other than that, I don't have a lot of specifics because we are still kind of in the semi waiting to fine tune it, you know, yeah. until we know more. Well, I was, I was praying to God that there wasn't going to be like a, a zoom for, cause I, you know, I didn't know yes. if there was going to be like bands playing on a zoom. And I mean, it, that would be a cool idea. And I know people, especially for those international folks, it would be a good thing to have just to kind of get that, that music sell out and be a part of it. Um, but I was just thinking they'll come up with something creative because that's just the creative geniuses that they are. So, um, you know, and, and, and you, you did bring fear to my heart when you were, you know, talking about how awesome you guys were getting and I was like oh man they're gonna sell out and then some other mm. group is gonna come in and just absolutely ruin it and like I said I, I I can't if nobody if you've never been to tree fort you just need to experience it because uh I remember I I just went one night with, with a friend and I just took in the vibes and it, it's just it's just a happening place to be and uh, I'm so grateful that it is in Boise, Idaho, and, and I'm hoping that we become like a second Nashville or something like that because, mm-hmm. like you said, the talent is just absolutely amazing. The forts are, for everybody is is something to see, and um, you know that was just my my little fear that oh man he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna exit left, but you know uh, that that day might come. But like I said, like you said, I hope that this will continue on. I hope your kids or our kids or whatever whoever else picks up the pieces and and make it, you know, um, good for the next, next generation. But, uh, Michael, um, I do want to just speak to that briefly too. I mean, we really, you know, because of the way this festival has been built, which is by a lot, you know, a lot of community volunteerism and support in general is like, we really do. It takes very seriously honoring the fact that this is a festival for the community by the community. And, and so, you know, with that notion is like, yeah, like a lot of festivals often, that's the exit plan. It's, I mean, a lot of businesses are like that too. The exit plan is to eventually sell it at, when it's humming. Right. So, but our goal is like lo- longevity for the community spirit of the festival. And so that's one reason why though, if you're not familiar with it, we did this whole, this e- equity crowdfunding approach this year, which was using this platform called WeFunder, which was instead of, because we needed some financial help, but we, and we, there were some offers out on the table of like, yeah, it's like, that's when someone swoops in is like, Oh, you're in trouble here. We'll buy you out or do something like that. But 
for us, we're like, no, that, that can't be the path forward here. It, you know, so we really essentially put shares available to the community, you know? And so in, in lieu of raising a lot of money from an individual or a, an entity, it was like, Hey, if you're interested in the community, if this, in this festival staying a community driven and essentially owned festival become a community owner. And it's been really cool that people that come out of the wood, woodwork to ensure that. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's a big reason why we did that approach was to your very point there is we don't, there's been a lot of storied festivals that eventually sold to some, you know, community driven festivals that is essentially eventually sold to somebody that really just altered the experience completely. And it no longer belonged to the community and it was obvious. So, yeah. Well, like I said, the creativeness of the whole thing is just absolutely genius. And, uh, the authenticness of the bands and and just every everything that goes into it it's just amazing. So you know, going into the last question, um, yeah. you know, what as as Tree Fort is coming up, as you said, in six months, what are some logistical things? What what are some things that we can get out to your Tree Fort goers and how to you know better prepare prepare themselves, like mask and you know all this kind of stuff. So that way, it's not like we didn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's probably too early for us to have too much definition around that. I think the biggest thing is to like, know that it's probably going to change in the next several months, like what shape it can be in. And, you know, if things are going well, like we hope it, we hope it's, it's experienced as normal as possible, but we do recognize it. And I think that would go for a lot of us, like if where, if it being able to happen means we need a pe- people to wear masks and I, to be honest, we wear masks, not even just during the festival, but until then, you know, like just mm-hmm. keep the spread under control. Like I, I, I hope pe- people recognize the, the long-term benefit for all of us to be able to reopen our businesses and do our things. If we can all just kind of follow some modifications to what we consider normal until we fully can, you know, like, so I think until we have more information on that, front, I don't have a lot for you to share necessarily other than like, you know, go to treefortmusicfest.com. We will continue to update that and through our socials are pretty active. We'll, we'll make sure to be pretty communicative about what the experience is going to look and feel like as we know more. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Mr. Eric Gilbert, you are amazing and uh, it's good to catch up with you. Thanks for joining Thanks. me on the Running Educator podcast. And uh, man, it's, it's just good to see you. Hope everything's well and your family's doing well. And uh, thanks for coming on. So, Thank you.